This episode of Triple Feature was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Thank you. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring everybody and me. There'll be heroes bold, there'll be comedy, and a lot of fuss that ends for us real happily. Hey, a movie. We can watch it all develop. Starring everybody and me. We'll take the world. Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge Broadcasting premiere podcast, Triple Feature. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight on the marquee is... The A-Team and... Also on the marquee is Miami Vice. I don't remember. I almost did the Knight Rider theme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, and before I tell you what the third movie on the marquee tonight, let me explain to you that my co-host with the most is Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast. How do you do, sir? It's dead. Let it die. <laughs> Ronnie Adams, I have, I have been made to understand that you're just a good old boy and you ain't mean to no harm. Yeah, that's been... Oh, I just messed it up. <laughs> uh, something since the day you was born. Yeah. Making your way, the only way you the know how. The only way I know how. Yeah, it, um, that's just yeah. a little bit more. Than the law will allow. That is very correct. And of course, we are talking about the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, Ronnie Adams and I were <clears throat> having a conversation a little ways back. And we were talking about these really fun movies that we never get to talk about on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. And that's when the idea came to us. Like, you know, I, I, the very first movie review I ever did back in the, uh, in the olden times was when YouTube capped you at 10 minutes. And so oh, I, yeah, yeah I remember oh, those yeah, days. Oh, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Um, so the very first one I ever did was for the A team. And it was just me kind of just talking into a microphone, telling people what I thought of the movie when I saw it back in the yesteryear. Uh, and, I, and I've always wanted to kind of revisit that and, like, okay, what do I think about this movie where they fly a tank? All these many years later and then you and i went back and forth about that we're like hey let's do a whole triple feature dedicated to 80s television shows that were remade into movies in the 2000s and so we landed on miami vice which i'd never seen before and i'm not convinced i saw it this time either i'll get to that in a moment and then <clears throat> the dukes of hazard movie so let me ask you a question <clears throat> you watched all of these shows right i was a huge fan of the a-team growing up uh that was that that was my show. That night court, I had to get special permission from my parents to stay up late to watch. I could not go to sleep unless I saw the A-Team. Yeah. I, I was aware of Miami Vice from a cultural standpoint. Me and my friend, you know, um, we would put on, like, uh, flowered, uh, <clears throat> like, Hawaiian shirts. And like one of us would be Magnum P.I. and the other one would be Don Johnson from Miami Vice. Or the, the jacket with the T-shirt the yeah. or the jacket with the sleeves rolled up. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how we roll back in the hood. Um, but I didn't actually watch a single episode of Miami Vice back in the day. But I did watch, and I, and I will pitch it over to you after this, but I want to tell the story real quick. No I used to watch the Dukes of Hazard both when it was originally aired and then in syndication. And I remember my dad, uh, arch-democrat that he is, coming down the stairs in uh, in Long Island, New York, in the home that I grew Shame up in. You. 
<laughs> and looked at me, looked at what I was watching, saw that I was watching the Dukes of Hazard, looked back at me and said, I have no son, and walked away. <laughs> that's just, that's now, Roddy Adams, tell, tell, Roddy Adams, now tell me about your traumatic childhood. That does not disappoint, sir. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mark's dad. Hang on. We've managed to piss off Pat, by the way. You oh, guys good. are doing an 80s triple feature and didn't include me to hell with all of you. I sent the schedule out, man. Like, you got you to gotta go for yours when the time comes. Anyway, back to you, Ronnie. Shows, though. We're made in the 2000s. I don't think you would like this anyway, Pat. Go away, child. Yes. Go away, kid. You bother me. <laughs> 80s TV shows. Go. My 80s TV shows? Yeah, the shows that you used to watch. Oh. Like, definitely uh, of the def- ones we're talking about. Yeah, definitely the A team. Definitely, um, you dude, you're talking to the guy who had the General Lee toy with with Luke. So and did I. Luke so did I. Did you? No, see, I didn't see. That's a weird thing. Is I always had incomplete toys, so I had the General Lee, and then I put Star Wars figures in them. No, I I, I had Luke and I had Luke and Bo. Oh, okay, uh, and then I had the I had Luke and Bo on a poster in my room as a kid. Um, hey, really? I, I, nobody reads the schedule. Uh, <laughs> he's not wrong not wrong but um and I, and I watched the a-team a lot too i was always the kid though like what frustrated me and i wasn't like bloodthirsty or anything but i was just mm-hmm. like why are these people not better shots on the a-team and gi joe here's well so I've, I've talked about my dad in the past about how like his whole thing with gi joe was a million rounds of laser ammunition and nobody takes a single shot right like, right but the a-team wasn't so much about shooting guys with machine guns as it was like MacGyvering some sort of asinine setup that involved paint, bubble gum, and a smack in the head. Like they always, like they were always building. Remember that last quarter of the show, they were always mm-hmm. building something like some elaborate trap, like a, like the '66 oh. Batman show. Yeah, BA was always picking up uh, propane tanks to show how strong he was and everything. Oh yeah, else. yeah. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. But I was just like. You know, when, when Hannibal would kick open the door of the van and he had that mm-hmm. rifle. Yeah. He was just laying into people. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, he ain't had anything. Did he have tire? <laughs> he's just like, shooting into the clouds. Yeah. He's just like, bah, 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 bah. but he would hit a tire and the car <laughs> would flip 16,000 times. Absolutely. And explode. You yes. know, only after the people jumped out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I get it. It was still amazing fun and I, and I would never trade it for the world the way it was. Did um, you watch Miami Vice? I didn't. It was too mature for me. Oh, okay. Apparently, that's what I was told. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch it a lot. Um, I watched a little bit of it, um, but I think I was keep keep going. I, I will address this in a second. They wanted to watch like Spencer for Hire, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the other one, but it was a it was a detective agency that had a a helicopter. And uh, like an old helicopter with a face drawn on it. I can't remember what it was. Um, it was really weird. But um, no, huh? yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Miami Vice was good. I mean, okay. I was like, you know, I go back now. I'm like, man, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that you know, just the swagger and the and the clothes and everything that they had back then. If I remember um, correctly, Miami Vice works very similar to the way the Beverly Hills Cop movies worked in that. We have this very nice, very pristine, sort of elaborate, you know, almost fantastic atmosphere setting yeah. that we're going to set this gritty crime show in. Yeah, you know, we're going to we're 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 going <clears throat> to like break the veneer of this fantasy world. 
Um, it's, and what, it's out, yeah. And now I'm assuming for for you being uh, North Carolina or, or Ohio, West Virginia, baby, West Virginia, baby. yeah. Uh, Dukes of Hazard was like religious television, yeah. <laughs> no, not that much. But, um, it wasn't religious television, but it was definitely. It was it was for them, even though they were moonshine, you know, mm-hmm. they were moonshiners. That was. I think we lost you there, oh, Ronnie. Really? Okay. Huh? Oh yeah, you there was no. Bro- yeah. It's been going in and out on you as well, but uh, okay. but I'm, I'm getting it. <laughs> but uh, it's it was just a wholesome show. There was no real yeah. like true violence in it. There was no other than Daisy Duke. Oof. Yeah, I was gonna say for the sexualization and innuendo that took place in Harry yeah. in the Dukes of Hazard, it really was an innocence of its time. You know what I mean? I I think, <clears throat> and we're gonna talk about the movie now. And I I almost feel like in almost every single one of these situations, the people making these movies utterly miss the point oh yeah that is <laughs> other than the fact that these are all like 80s uh, television shows made into 2000s movies that's like the great unifier is like swing and a miss in all th- in, in all three so i want to catch up with pat here the a team was largely about the great escape or an elaborate trap although as trained soldiers they should have been better shots no shit um he's seen every episode of miami vice <laughs> pat I, I what do you what do you want me to do Pat? i'm sorry pat i'm sorry and he says, Miami Vice, so no, no, Miami also largely explored the downtrodden Liberty City areas as well as the ghettos. They actually often filmed in areas designated for demolition by the city. Thank you, Pat. You're you're a good boy. All right, let's get into the A-Team movie. This The movie of which I told my son, come sit down and watch with me, son. They fly a tank. And he was, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, that's all I want to see. And I'm like, and that's all you will see. <laughs> um, so the A-Team is a 2010 American action thriller based on the 1980s television series created by Frank Lupo and Stephen J. Cannell, directed by Joe Carnahan <clears throat> and written by Carnahan, Brian Bloom, and Skip Woods. It stars Liam Neeson as Hannibal, Bradley Cooper as the face man, Quentin Rampage, you're going to be some black on black crime, Jackson, and Charlotte Copley as Howlin' Mad Murdoch. And uh, Jessica Biel and her nipples are also in this movie as well as Patrick Wilson and Yoel Vasquez. And their nipples. And their nipples. Well, Jessica Biel's nipples feature prominently in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Um, and you can check that out in our in our archive. Yeah. In any case, so the whole, so that we don't waste time and we can kind of get through all of these reviews in fast fashion. Uh, the whole thing is this is like an origin story for the A-team. They meet each other in the first act. They are doing missions for the army or the military. Military. Um, going into the second act, they are betrayed. They are imprisoned. They escape. They proceed to get back the thing that the MacGuffin that was lost in order to clear their name. However, they are betrayed again, but this time they escape. And when it ends, it picks up where the show begins, in which they are soldiers of fortune. Um, and they go through the intro to the show. If you can find them, you know, blah, blah, then the A-team can help you out. All right. So let me. Sorry. So the A-team is 50-50 for me. Watching it a second time. I feel like the action sequences, except for the flying the tank scene, are a little hard to read. Like they're bit like the, the end sequence where they're on the docks and they're and they're doing the misdirect um and they're knocking over the canisters. It's great in the sense yeah. of it's it provides for a large cinematic spectacle. Mm-hmm. But I found that the other scene like the original scene where they lose the plates and some of the stuff from the beginning, it's so like it's so shoddily edited. 
it's hard to follow and read at times. And so, you know, the movie is either got a action sequence that's hard to read or it just dies and there's dialogue that isn't particularly interesting. The performances, I think, are okay. But here's another issue that I have. And that is one of the things that I think attracts people to the A-team is Mr. T's B.A. Baracus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you want him to be this character, this bigger than life, I pity the fool, you know, <clears throat> ridiculous caricature of a human being. And Rampage Jackson isn't able to do any of that. No, his the charisma needed for that um, for that particular role. It, 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 I, I'm, you know, sorry, Rampage, but it's just not there. I mean, but I don't think, but I don't think that's his fault. I don't think they gave him anything no. to work with. You know, <clears throat> making him a pacifist midway through the movie did not help. Which was dumb to me. Yeah, it was. I, you know, I like this movie a lot. It's one of my, it's one of my turn ons. You know, like you turn it on and you ignore. It's an ignore movie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of my turn ons. Uh, no. <laughs> as a, a going with long walks in the parks and you know beach picnics <laughs> margaritas while watching the a-team um <laughs> but no it's it, i turn it on and ignore it and um I, I that's i like doing that just because you know probably probably pretty much can uh quote it from now you know from here to eternity because mm -hmm. i've seen it so many times you know just in the background um and then uh just because it's fun it's it can be smart yeah um and uh I think uh, Charlotte Copley was just amazing in it. I see, thought he was phenomenal. I didn't think they gave him enough to do. I thought, see, I thought Bradley, <clears throat> I thought Bradley Cooper as the face as the face man stole the whole movie. Yeah, he was great. <clears throat> I think Liam Neeson is just yelling. It's kind of he, he, Liam Neeson's kind of doing a Sir Alec Guinness in Star Wars, where he's just yelling exposition at you. The whole yeah, movie. I mean, there, then, I mean, he 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 said he enjoyed doing that movie a lot and would do another one. Uh, um, mm -hmm. he actually. I think that it said that he had just quit smoking mm -hmm. and then had to smoke cigars for the movie. And he's like, oh, but, um, but he, uh, it, it, there's not much to Hannibal. He played Hannibal. He played the leader just fine. Yeah. I mean, it, well, I said there's not much. To, Hannibal was just the, he was the calm, cool, you know, I love it when a plan comes together. They always come together. Yeah. You know? he, he was the one that was always dealing with the family in need. You know, yeah. he was, he, he was sort of the rock that was holding everything together. Face man, was the guy that was always sleeping around? Chicks. Yeah, sleeping around, or he would do disguises. Howling Mad Murdoch was essentially Clinger from fucking Mad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and Mister T was a black guy, so <laughs> and that was the A team. And I, I don't feel like they really, other than Bradley Cooper's faceman, I don't feel like they really captured the magic of that original unit. Yeah, I guess I can agree with that to a point. Um. I don't know. The only one that I didn't like in his role, mm -hmm. and I say didn't like, and I say that very lightly. I mean, he did. And I, I thought everybody else did, did either just fine or great. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, Beals, uh, Jessica Beals' character was was okay. I mean, just kind of a you know a story. You know, uh, she was a, a big, she was a big strong woman who don't need no man. Right, who ended up needing a man? Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, by the end of this movie, all your problems will be solved with my penis. <laughs> Gosh, I want somebody to say that one time in a movie. <laughs> you heard me. 
That's how that's how they write that's how they write scripts in Hollywood. Go away. You bother me. Wait. All right. Please hey, don't buddy. wait for my please don't wait for my son to interact. Just keep talking. No, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, but it's just, you know, it, uh, A Team is just super silly fun. Yeah. Um that that you know, is it going to win any awards? Heck no. And they knew that going into this. They just wanted to create a blockbuster, which it was. I don't think it no. Well, no, 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 no. It it bombed. It bombed. Um, oh, it did yeah. bomb. I thought, yeah, let's, I thought it was good. Yeah, let's spend just a few minutes talking about that. So on a budget of on northwards of $110 million, this thing only made 177.2. Oh, I thought it did way better than that. No, this thing crashed and burned. Um, it, it, it crashed critically and financially. Um, 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and then box office, it was a disaster. You know me and critics anyway, though, like these so-called professional critics or whatever. No, I but I think that there's something to be said for critical analysis. Well, that's why I go to you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anything else about the A-team that you have a burning desire to talk about? Because like I said, for me, it, it didn't need to... This thing needed to be a tight 90 minutes and like drawing it out for that extra 30. I think they were going for like an epicness that it didn't warrant. And I, and I think it drags the movie down. I also think because the A-Team is such a slight proposition that trying to give it that epic sense, you know, it, it didn't need to be Lord of the Rings. It's just, you know, like, d- dudes helping, like, the family farm not get taken over by gangsters with, you know, elaborate traps. Like, let's not make this more than it really is. And you just uh, you just gave me the the you just gave everybody the last plot of, the plot of the last Rambo movie too. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, truthfully, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, no, it, it ninety minutes. You know, it could have been you know hour forty five, and it'd been just fine. You know, hour and a half, hour forty five. Um, right. I like a little more length on my movies at times, mm-hmm. um, just because it feels like I you know I paid you know paid for this i want a little more in there yeah you, you gotta earn um, your runtime though you know, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't earn your 120 minutes it just feels like it drags some spots yeah absolutely I, you know but um it, it was there was there's some stuff that you could take out but but everybody you know for the for the most part man i could pop this in and watch it anytime and and be happy or take a nap or <laughs> you know or anything you know and wake up and go oh yeah this is on and not, no, for nothing, exactly. not for nothing after they flew the tank. I did take a nap. I was out for a few minutes. I mean, well, that's because you were like, oh, this, this is the hottest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. um, no, uh, no. And that part's amazing. And I laughed the entire time because, and then all of a sudden I went, huh. <laughs> did you do that? All right. I don't know. About- <laughs> I mean, I I don't. If you're talking about the A team, I'm not going to ask questions about physics. That that's more wrong. Yeah, yeah. Department. All right, let's talk about Miami Vice. Uh, Miami Vice is a 2006 neo noir buddy cop action thriller. Oof, that's that mm. that might be over explaining it. Um, mm. it star. It was directed and co-produced by Michael Mann. It stars Colin Farrell, um, Jamie Fox. Uh, it also stars. Um, Olivia Brown, Sandra Santiago, Mike, Michael Talbot, John Deal, and Edward James Olmos. Um, I'm not going to read the plot synopsis because it is long and involved and will be here all day and I don't want to be. Um, I will tell you I struggled with this movie. I I mean, maybe Pat can weigh in here. He said that he's watched every episode of Miami Vice. He has a feel for what the show is. I feel like, again, like Michael Mann was responsible for Heat, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. Like, I feel like he was going for heat, but Miami Vice, it's like, no, 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 Miami Vice should not be heat. 
No, heat should be heat. Heat yeah. works as heat. Don't do Miami Vice's heat. Then you've missed the point. You've missed the fun of the show. And I, I don't think this did well either. But we'll, we'll no, come back to that. No, it just bombed. Yeah, I knew. See, I knew two of the three bombed, but yeah. I, but I didn't know that eighteen bombed as quite bad as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but eighteen T completely lost the plot for me. I mean, like it was just like one of those things. Where was because I, I wanted to like it because of the old show, and mm-hmm. I do like the old show. I can go back and watch it. It's fun. Um, the best scene, and it, I, I'll still say to this day, the best television scene ever. Is is the first, uh, very first episode of Miami Vice where they're they're cruising the streets to uh-huh. in the air tonight? Yeah, oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. Give me that. Yeah, don't give me what you, you gave me. Which yeah, was convoluted boat chase scenes and and weird plot points. And, it, it felt like somebody had like a cops and robbers screenplay that nobody wanted to make, and they were like, yeah. "What if we just slap Miami Vice on there and we change around some of the characters?" Pat says. Miami Vice got the stylized part of it, but they didn't get the chemistry of the cast. They also casted Dominic Lombardi, who might be the worst actor in history. Mm. No no argument there. Um, But I think Pat's really on to something. Hang on. Miami Vice took time to build its characters' relationships. You can't do that in 90 minutes. Even updating the 80s aspects, they just didn't get it right. That's my point. Like This felt like Miami Vice in name only. Because here's the other thing about this. This is so much Colin Farrell and the broad and not enough of Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. And isn't yeah. that the whole, like, the, the two legs of the stool? Yeah. You know, that hold up Miami Vice is is Crockett and Tubbs. And you don't get nearly enough Crockett and Tubbs in Miami Vice. You don't. You don't at all. And, yeah. and like, I mean, you pick two actors that can that can, that can can pull this off, no problem. Yeah. Um, Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx both are astounding actors. I love them. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna posit something to you. Think about yeah. like what they should have had was what Will Smith and what's his nuts have in Bad Boys. That, absolutely. absolutely, that's what that's the vibe. Like you don't yeah. need to go full Michael Bay. No, you know, have like tits and explosions in every scene, but you definitely needed that chemistry between two actors, which this movie utterly lacks. You you cut out a little bit there. You said but the movie there. Bad Boys has chemistry where Miami Vice utterly lacks said chemistry. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 that's saying something because you got you got Martin and Will who really shouldn't have that much chemistry together. That they man, they crush it in every single movie. Mm-hmm. Even Bad Boys for Life, I was like, man, you got two guys that are pushing sixty, <laughs> and there's there's still one still a playboy, and the other one's like you know ready to retire. This is going to be terrible, and it was so much fun. It really was. And that's what I was saying about Miami Vice is like, that's the vibe it should have gone for. Yes. And instead, you almost, like I said, you almost get like, uh, again, I, wanna, I don't want to keep going back to heat, but it, it just, it has this sort of too serious for its own good quality yeah. to it. Yeah. And again, Miami Vice was all about that, that tension, sexual or otherwise, between Crockett and Tubbs. You know, and then getting the job done and showing, you know, these these different parts of Miami. And instead, what you get is it's a lot of like shots in parking lots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like you I don't feel like Miami was the character it could have been or oh, should no. have been yeah. in this movie, the way it's presented. 
so I prepared for this probably when you first told me we talked about it because I wanted to go. I said, I literally said, well, I might as well go ahead and start watching Miami Vice now because it's going to take me a while to get through it. Mm-hmm. And it did, but it didn't take me long enough because I'm like you. It's still going like, did I just want? I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 I would have. I had a couple of times like stop the movie, and, like read the plot synopsis to figure out where I was in the movie. Yeah, fine. Um, so I want to put this up. This comment up from Pat here it says Rico and Sonny each had unique uh, qualities that Don and Philip brought out and made work together. Farrell was great, but Fox has never shown the ability to share the screen. And I and I think that's largely true. I think Jamie Fox works well as the lead, but whenever he has to be the co-lead in something, he, I, I don't think I, I think he has a difficult time finding chemistry, like equal chemistry with somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you watch J- Django Unchained. Yeah, but I don't know if what him and Christoph Waltz were, are sharing the screen so much as they happen to be in scenes together. No, that's that, true. That, that is very much that is very much a, a Jamie Foxx movie. Yeah. Well, Christoph Waltz, you know, man, he's got some scenes in there that where he, he well, the one in the cave where he's telling him this, telling Django the story of uh, of Broomhilda, the princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I love that scene uh, because they 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 I think they have chemistry together because it's almost like a a loving grandpa and grandson or mm-hmm. you know dad and son that you know he's like oh well, sit down let me tell you and he's just like cross legged with with a cup of coffee drinking you know <laughs> and just like wide eyed and listening I'm like that's a really really cool scene yeah. um and I, that that's where that chemistry came together that's what I was thinking of when I was talking about but but other scenes yeah you're right you know it's just the blue boy outfit and all that. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things, but for as good as actors, Jamie Foxx is, I mean, like they, they gave them nothing to work with in this movie. No, no. Um, and then I, I, the woman lead in this, let me get her name again. Uh, uh, let's see here. Shame on you. Mick doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, gosh, what is her name? Oh, Gong Gong Lee, I think it is. Is it was is yeah, Gong Lee is Isabella. Mm. Um, I, like she's okay. She's got fair chemistry with uh, Colin Farrell, but I, eh, I think for me, sorry, I'm getting all these alerts because of the stupid chat that I need to now mute. Um, <laughs> you talk about just, the yeah, the group chat. Oof. Yeah, I just feel like they. I think they're doing their level best to elevate the material, but the material, I don't think, I think the material is too weighty. Um, and, and they're, and they're trying, but they're not able to get it off the mat and everything just sort of feels like they're, they're swimming in mud throughout a lot of this movie. Yeah. Um, anything else about Miami vice that you want to talk about before we move on? Not really. Okay. Well then let's not beat a dead horse. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we, Ronnie, we're going to be done in like record time here. <laughs> I know, I'm a little sad and a little happy too. <laughs> it's fine. Um, the Dukes of Hazard is a 2005 American action comedy road film, loosely based on the television series of the same name. Loosely, loosely. <laughs> the film was directed by Jay something unpronounceable, and released uh. August 5th by Warner Brothers Pictures. As in the television series, the film depicts the adventures of cousin Bo, Luke, and Daisy, and their uncle Jesse as they out. Fox Crooked Hazard County Commissioner Boss Hogg and Sheriff Roscoe Pico Train. 
Um, Johnny Knoxville plays Luke Duke. Sean William Scott is Bo Duke. Jessica Simpson is Daisy. Burt Reynolds is Boss Hog, a skinny Boss Hog, mind you. Mm -hmm. Willie Nelson, a skinny Uncle Jesse. Dave Koshner is Cooter Davenport. MC Ganey as Shiar Frosco, P. Coltrane. Uh, Michael Weston is Deputy Enos. Linda Carter in a small role as Pauline. James Rode Rodriguez is Billy Prickett. <clears throat> Kevin Heffernan as Derek Sheeve Sheevington. Nikki Griffin is Katie Lee Johnson. Jackie Maxwell is Annette. And then it goes on and on and on. And we have Junior Brown. Uh, they should have gotten Waylon Jennings. Was he still alive during then? They did. They, they, they should have. They should have. They should have at least maintained that much. Yeah, Waylon, Waylon Jennings. But yeah, we have Junior Brown as the balladeer. All right. So the whole thing here is that should have got Shooter um, to do that. Sorry. The, the, the whole plot centers around getting the Dukes off their land. Um and uh, creating enough of a distraction from Hazard County to pass a thing so that they can strip mine for coal. That, that's, all, that's Boss Hog's whole deal here. And it's a lot of playing around. And like, there was def the structure to this film seemed to be let's make a list of all the things that happen in the Dukes of Hazard that people like. Let's make sure we do those scenes, kinda. <laughs> and then let's string them together. <coughs> right. Hmm. Let's loosely string them together with a plot, <clears throat> with the most minimal of plots. And I'll tell you what, um, I'm, I, I, weirdly enough, I think this is the only one that actually works for me. I, really? I, still, I still think, I don't think anyone understood what made the Dukes of Hazard popular. And I think modernizing it, it made for some funny jokes at times, like, just as an example, and I, and I actually want to stop and talk about this for a minute. So at one point, they're driving the General Lee around. It gets impounded or whatever, and mm -hmm. Cooter has to fix it. And they give the car back, and they don't realize that he's put the rebel flag on top of the car. Yeah. And, that, <clears throat> and, in, the next <clears throat> and in the next scene, they're driving through Atlanta. And they're constantly being stopped and harassed. And I thought it was or a... celebrated. <laughs> and I thought it was a funny gag... Yeah, in that moment, like I, the, oddly enough, I felt like it was handled just about appropriately. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't run too long. They don't do too much, and they acknowledge that the Dukes don't understand what they did wrong, and then they kind of see it and they're like, "Oh, oh, 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 <laughs> oh okay, yeah." yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we didn't do. It's not our fault. <laughs> they made the Dukes a little smarter than what people thought they were. Mm -hmm. Um, and and the Dukes were smarter in the in the in the and they were they weren't all all shucks, you know, Uncle Jesse yeah. and all that. They were smart, they were clever, and they made him a little more clever in this. Even though Sean William Scott still plays it off like he's a complete moron. Yeah, this this definitely feels like Stifler, but Southern. Yeah, um, I wish he would have found a different way to play this, mm -hmm. uh, because Johnny Knoxville is a better actor than what people give him credit for. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, he's not great, but he's better than what people give him credit for. Right, but all also anyone wants to see Johnny Knoxville do is get hit in the balls. True, and he gets hit in the balls in this. Yes, um, is. but he played he played this part very, very, very well, in my opinion. And I I'm a big, I'm a big Dukes of Hazard fan. Now, while I wasn't a fan of like some of the you know the innuendos in it and things like that, I was like, that's a little too far for me because because of the wholesomeness of the of the original show. Um it was still a good, I mean, it was still a good little fun little romp, you know, little movie that uh, the 
they tried to make sequels of and they sucked. Um, Pat with a philosophical question for us. I'm going to put this out there to the world. Can you be smart if your name is Coy or Vance? Are those last names or first names? <laughs> those are the those are the replacement dukes. Do you remember that? Oh god, yeah. Shotguns. No. Yeah. When Lowit when, when they have, were having the contract dispute, that famous contract yeah. dispute where John Schneider and uh Tom Wolpat wouldn't come back. And so they yeah. replaced him for a season. And the Dukes <clears> carried <throat> guns. Yep. Yeah, and they they lasted all of one season, and they were like, "All right, we'll give you well, here's big bang here's big bang theory money." Sorry, we'll give you anything you want. Just come back, come back. Don't make us go through season. that again. Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. Um, the answer is no. You cannot be smart if your name is Coyer Van. No. Yeah. Anyway, so, gosh, I'm a big fan, and I hear I'm like, "Who's Coyer No, I know who they were. Okay. <laughs> so, the Dukes of Hazard television show had a charm to it had an innocence and a charm to it um, that I think is lost in this movie. That's, I think, the, that's, that's, I think the, is the biggest thing that's missing. I don't is think it's lost. I think it was shed. I'm going to go with <clears throat> the people making this movie didn't acknowledge it, didn't yeah. acknowledge the charm or the innocence. They just saw a, red, you know, a redneck television show that was fam- that was popular with a racist country. And they're trying to make money off. And so, like, they're willing to take the paycheck to make money off of it, but they don't want to acknowledge the charm and the innocence of it either. So, well, it, has, you, so it has to be parody instead. You look at, okay, the guy, the director is Jay. I can't, yeah, I can't say his last name. Um, Jay, uh, yeah. Sh- no, Zekrar. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you what his, some of the other stuff he's done. Oh, no, I know what they've done. They're part of Broken Lizard, uh, okay. Super Troopers, Slamming Salmon, yeah. Club Dread, yep, um, all of that. De- something like Gear Day Tripping. Okay, uh, so here, here, so we have Super Troopers, the Baby Makers, Beer Fest, Club Dread, Super Troopers, Puddle Cruiser, Puddle Cruiser, and they, they're talking about Super Troopers three now. Yes. Um. So I, I'm very familiar with them because I've seen a lot of what they do. Mm-hmm. He was actually um, Jay was actually in Jackass, an mm-hmm. episode of, of in Jackass the movie. Actually, um, he pulled a prank on one of them. He helped pull a prank on one of them. Um, and then you got uh, he was in. He's directed a bunch of the Goldbergs. Uh, and he was directed and in a couple. Uh, he was in one episode of Community and directed a couple of them. So he's actually a very good you know, director and a very good, you know, pretty, pretty good actor, but they just do silly stuff where they like to smoke weed and, and, um, yeah. and drink beer and, and, and get stupid. So this comes across like, so this comes across like, like, let's make a national lampoons, but Dukes of Hazard, or, yeah. let's make, you know, let's make it, let's make a Dukes of Hazard. Uh, let's make uh, any number of like parody series, but Dukes of Hazard. And well, it's, it, and it's instead of like, let's look at the Dukes of Hazard, and what can we update about it? What you know, what can we what what can we say about it? This definitely, this also definitely felt like, hey, we're we're retreading and we're rehashing all of these properties. This is just another one in the bucket. Yeah, they literally the uh, uh, their little troop, their little company. Yeah, 
did all of these movies, they're independent movies. They either raise money or, you know, smaller companies gave them money. Mm-hmm. They were given studio money to do um, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, thought, budget, the budget on this, by the way, is 50 million. It's not bad. I mean, you know, that's no. like Ghostbusters money, I think, back in the yeah, day. Yeah. It's studio money. And they look at him and say, hey, here's 50 million. Make, make, make this is what we want. Yeah. And they look at it and he looks at it and goes, I have a chance to make Super Troopers. With studio money, yeah. So why not make Super Troopers slap Dukes of Hazard on it and go from there? Now, did they hit some of the stuff good? I believe so. I believe they got the 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 the, the relationship between the, all the Dukes down. Yeah, I will um, tell you, like the car chases are probably the best parts of the movie. Absolutely, the, that's what the I was stunt, going next. Yeah, this the stunt driving. Um, if I have to say like, one really positive thing about the Dukes of Hazard is the stunt driving from Sean William Scott. Especially in the in the scene where they're where they're being chased by the cops in Atlanta, absolutely, that is the high point of the movie for me. And there, there's some yeah. earlier stuff too where they, they do some decent car chases, but you know, kind of like with the A team, where it's just like you, you're just here to see the tank fly. You know, with the Dukes of Hazard, you're here for the car chases. Where you're just staring at him in complete anger. Mm-hmm. Look at look at the road, Bo. <laughs> look at the road, Bo. Yep. Yeah. Look at the road, Bo. And he just like one time he goes between two cars, he just screams, Everybody get skinny, and just you know, <laughs> goes right through them. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is this is so good. And he and that's one scene where he, I don't, I think he he killed it. You know, he didn't, he yeah. wasn't stiffler, he was he was channeling a, a kind of a, a an updated, more uh, modern uh, uh, Bo Duke, right? But uh, it was you know, that scene, okay. that entire chasing through all of Atlanta, in was, terms of. In terms of tone, my biggest, I think my one of my issues with the Dukes of Hazard, and again, this this seems more of like what the production team thought they needed to go for. This almost approached parody porn level. You know, mm. <laughs> it's like that's not what this was. You had me at parody, and then the other word came out, and I was like, I don't know about I'm promised to not talk about hand jobs yet again, Ronnie. Thank you. And you're welcome of the Screaming Boy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, anything else about the Dukes of Hazard? I mean, Jessica Simpson, she's okay in this. They 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 use her like they would use like Daisy Dukes. She always had the one scene in every episode where she takes off her top and she's just there in the bikini top, and it's like and everybody just kind of falls apart. Yep. (laughs) And Pat Wing. And did you not fall apart? Eh, she's okay. Uh, Jessica Simpson was a great choice for Modern Daisy as she was in all her 2005 glory. But Catherine Bach had a different kind of appeal because she wasn't a celebrity cast as Daisy. Catherine Bach had a different kind of appeal because she was country girl next door, girl next door, pretty. Yes, I would um, agree with that. She Catherine was... Bach. Catherine Bach has a natural beauty to her. Absolutely. Jessica, Jessica Simpson seems seems very quaffed. Yes, absolutely. Um, you, she was like she was gorgeous back in the day um yes, yes. Uh, it was just one of those things where like unfortunately they you, they took her assets and they used them to what they thought was the best of their ability and and said okay but but she was sassy too yeah and she knew how to fight in that she'd kick a guy in the, in the jaw quicker and quicker oh, than like, i don't know what when they cut the um the intro yeah it was a very famous one of her kicking the one cop in the ass yeah 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 <laughs> And uh, you know, so it was just uh, she was sassy. She knew how to fight, and she was mm-hmm. she was a decent actress in her own right. You know, that's all I remember seeing her in. Yeah. Um. But it was you know I would have you know I feel like Catherine Bach went on to do like a lot of Hallmark shit. 
Like, Probably. It was, like if there was a famous actress in the eighties, you're like, where did they go? But they continued to have a career. It was all Hallmark movies. Like uh, every bit of it. Yeah, like Valerie Bertinelli, the queen of Hallmark movies. Man, she is, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And you see, uh, there's a couple others on there. I can't remember the name. She was in. Uh, she was a young girl in. Uh, well, the only daughter in uh, Lost in Space remake the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, the, the, the the obvious one is the broad from Full House. Yeah, uh, Cameron, Candace Cameron. Yeah, yep. Um, Bure or whatever her name is now, Burr, Burr. Yes, the uh, the very Republican TikToker. <laughs> yes, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because you have a very Democrat TikToker dad. I sure do, Ollie. <laughs> anyway, um, so I would say of the Dukes of Hazard, and then I'll kind of sum up my thoughts on the other two. Like, it's amusing when you're watching it, and there's some stuff that you can pick out that go, "Okay, right, I am genuinely interested in what's happening here." But for the most part, like I said, it kind of approaches that parody porn level of like, you're just doing an imitation. You're not really getting an essence of why this is, you know, you're not touching the hearts and minds of the people that genuinely enjoy this sort of thing. And you're almost mocking it. And you're mocking the people that like it. Do you know who the two best in the whole movie were for me? Who? Uh, Willie Nelson and um, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds. See, Burt Reynolds plays Slimy really, really well. I, I thought Willie Nelson... Again, kind of elegant in Star Wars. He's just reciting lines with no inflection. <laughs> just kind of no. That's I, just how he acts. Well, again, <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen him in other stuff, you're like, oh yeah, that's Willie Nelson. Maybe stop hiring him as an actor then. That's not acting. <laughs> like, Bro, limit, well, his, limit his lines. The only part that didn't fit for me mm-hmm. um, was it's a it's a Willie Nelson trope. He tells dirty jokes. Yeah, where he was lighting the moonshine and th- tossing it Molotov cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just telling those jokes. I was like, "Well, they have to get Willie Nelson's jokes in there." Uh, I'm a big Willie Nelson fan. Mm-hmm. I just thought he looks the part. He acted the part. I thought. I mean, I thought you know, for the most part, I thought he did good. But but Burt Reynolds was the was hands down the best. Uh, yeah. And MC Ganey did not match at all. No. Um, the guy that plays Roscoe was yeah. not good in this. Like. I like it took me a few minutes to realize that even was Roscoe because Roscoe, like the guy, I can't remember the actor's name, but he 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 created MC Ganey, a, right? He created such a character, you know, such an identifiable character with the you know, yeah. Um, oh, the original Roscoe, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like he created such a vibrant character, and it was like that's the, the that's one of the things that hooks you into the show is that you really you have these colorful characters, you know, and it's like you want to see you want to see Roscoe get. Um, you want to see the Dukes get the better of Roscoe, but you want to see the Dukes get the better of Roscoe because his reactions will be hilarious. And then they take those reactions away from him. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, by the way, have you ever listened to the uh, the LP that they release of Dukes of Hazard music? No. Where Roscoe sings about his dog? No. How amazing. Oh, it's the best. I don't, know. I don't know if I can get away with playing it on here, but I'm almost tempted to. Um, I'll send I got Apple Google. Music. I'm sure I can find it. <laughs> yeah, I'll send. I'll, I'll look it up later. And I'll send it to you in Messenger. But I'm sorry, I have Amazon Music. I forgot about that. No, 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 we don't. We're not sponsored anymore. Oh, then screw you, Amazon Music. Exactly. Um, yeah, he actually sings a song about Ross about his uh, his dog Flash. I used to know every single word to Flash. My old dog. His name is Flash. I don't Holy know crap. why he ain't too fast. Now that you're he, singing it, he runs two steps yes. and he runs out of gas in one dog race. He'd come in, let. 
Sing and go, flash, go. Oh my god. You just stretch and yawn. Sing and go, flash. And go. that's the other thing. They may flash uh, uh, Boss Hog's dog in this. Yeah, that's not right. That's that's no. that's, that's fucking sheriff. Uh, Roscoe and Roscoe was not dog. a villain. Roscoe was a, a he was uh, a dupe. Yeah, he was a victim of his circumstance. <laughs> All right. Um, and just sort of reflecting back. I think uh, just watching the A-Team, the Dukes of Hazard and Miami Vice, I think this is a, like a classic example of Hollywood just flailing. <laughs> flailing yeah. for content. Flailing for content. And But I think the people involved in making these things also like take these as opportunities. Like, like these were dumb as shit shows. We're going to make them better. And I know Pat Mullen's going to agree with this. Don't disrespect the fans' opinion of a popular IP. Amen. Make that the centerpiece of what you're doing and work out from there. If the fans say this dumb shit thing is beloved, go from that point. Go from the point of which it is beloved and work outward. Don't start with this thing is beloved, but nobody knows why and it's dumb as shit and work out from dumb as shit. Why do you think everybody attacks Michael Bay constantly? Why does everyone attack Michael Bay? Yeah, why do they, why, you know, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> He wanted to take Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then take the Teenage Mutant part out of out of it and make them aliens. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, not turtles and everything else. And I'm like, so everybody turned against him because, hey, you're insulting the fans at this point. Right. That want that want this to, to be good. So all right, Ronnie. I think we've uh, said all there is to say. I'm gonna give you the final word here. Anything else you want to talk about with these three movies? You want me to sing another song? Out of the oh, do I? Out <laughs> of the three, out of the three, I uh, A Team is definitely my favorite. Okay. Um, Mommy Vice, you can you can kick rocks. Uh, yeah, sorry, easily the worst of the three. Yeah, and then if you're just looking for something stupid, uh, to waste time and and uh, if you watch the unrated version. Mm-hmm. of Dukes of Hazard, it's very much stoner, stoner humor. I yeah, mean, every bit of it. Utterly misses the point. Yeah, it's and it just misses everything. But if you watch the PG-13, you get some Dukes of Hazard in there. Okay. Uh, some. Yeah. I, I think mostly from Johnny Knoxville, to be honest with you. Uh, because he was a fan of that show beforehand, and I think he kind of tried to keep it alive in it. Um, but uh, it... it they're they're fun, man. That's all they're supposed to be. They're not award winners. <laughs> no, and, and um, I had fun talking to you about them tonight, Ronnie. Yeah, absolutely, I did too. I think they're great. That brings up a lot of great um, uh, memories from childhood when I used to watch these shows, right? Which I think I'll let them. Uh, other than I think I've, uh, I I could watch I could watch Deuce of Hazard again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll let the others just stay in my childhood. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm doing a rewatch of the A Team anytime soon. Yeah. I love them, but I think I'm gonna. I'm think I'm gonna let that one rest, yeah. like I should have done the original GI Joe cartoon. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, Ronnie's gonna be back with me and Dave tomorrow. Like we had a, originally, we had like five, six people on this review, and everyone dropped off slowly. <laughs> I wanted to do, but Dave won't let me. So Ronnie Adams and, mine, and David <laughs> if I Wright, can't, you can't. <laughs> Ronnie Adams, David Wright, and I will be back tomorrow night after my hot date. Um, I will. We'll <laughs> uh, yeah, be. We will be reviewing Halo uh, TV series on Paramount. Yeah, we will. (laughs) We're going to try to, at least, uh, based on the video game. And then Tuesday night, as Damn You Hollywood, we will be reviewing uh, Thor, Love and Homosexuality. Um, Come on, dude. (laughs) 
Sorry. <laughs> Love and Thunder. That's 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 what the movie is called. I'm sorry. I read I read off my notes. I'm, I apologize. I was told by Natalie Portman it's the gayest movie they've ever done. I'm just rereading. And Natalie you look Portman at it, saying, and it's not. Where the <laughs> what the crap is she talking about? Listen, don't blame me. Blame Natalie Portman. Uh, anyway, we'll be reviewing in vascular detail Thor: Love and Thunder uh, Tuesday night. Vascular detail. In vascular detail. Uh, Tuesday, we have a re-airing of The Legend of Tarzan that we did a way, little ways back. And then on Saturday, we did an on-trial for Inception many, 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 many years ago. We will be re-airing that uh, this Saturday. And then we're back again next Sunday night. Um, we'll be doing, uh, it'll be myself and Sean, the last show for Sean, as a matter of fact, for a while. Uh, Studio 666, which is the Foo Fighters horror movie. Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny and uh, Detroit Rock City. So that's what's going on on the Rattledge and Broadcasting that's a- Network. That's a good triple feature. Yeah, I kind of let Sean pick it. I was like, I want to talk about Studio 666 when it comes to PVOD. What else you want to talk about? And he was like, Detroit Rock City. And then he was like, have you ever seen Tenacious D? And I'm like, nope. He's like, well, you're gonna. I'm like, all right. So that's what we're doing. All right, do your plugs. Let's get out of here. Hey, I'm, uh, I am got a Twitter show, as you can see on my, my name here. Um, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. If you're listening to it, it says Misfits and Miscreants. And that is, that is I said Twitter, but it's a Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv slash misfits and miscreants where I stream a D&D game, a bi-weekly D&D game every two weeks. Um, we're starting up some other stuff that we're going to be uh, doing some games with uh, um, uh, Call of Cthulhu, Monster of the Week, things like that. Uh, sometimes you see my big dumb head playing video games on there. Hey, we love live content like that. We love to play games. So if you're a gamer or if you like to talk about it or anything like that, please come follow, hang out with us. Um, we give stuff away sometimes uh, and, you know, so I've given away dice and dice trays and things like that. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm going to get my, Mark on a uh, game online soon, uh, sooner or later, I should say. Uh, there's going to be some good stuff going on think, there. With my sexy life, what makes you think I have time? It's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> defeated. Um, but uh, my goal is to get Mark on a game. How about we put it that way? And that's fine. Uh, um and then yeah it's just gonna be it's a lot of fun man uh i went to gary con which is you know gary gygax the co-creator of dungeons and dragons met a lot of cool people there um was in the midst of controversy and didn't know it uh it was it was actually pretty fun to find out stuff was going on uh and uh yeah uh other than that um i'm usually here with with mark usually usually all right folks that's our triple feature for the evening with our live in studio audience thank you <laughs> be well <laughs> for ronnie adams of the screaming boy podcast be well <laughs> be safe <laughs> never letting it go baby never gonna give you up ronnie never adams gonna never gonna let you go <laughs> hi uh okay <laughs> be well be safe and behave